we've been talking about the person of the Holy Spirit. We're still talking about who he is, but I want you to have an understanding of how he leads you. And it's so important. So let's turn to John chapter 16. John 16, 13 says this, how be it when he, you know, notice it always uses personal pronouns about him. He's a person. He's a divine person. He is God, the Holy Spirit that is living on the inside of you. He's God, the Holy Spirit, as you've received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, that, that, that subsequent event after salvation where now he's not only within me, but now he comes upon me. Howbeit when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. Well, we know from John 17, 17, what does it say? Thy word is truth. So God, the Holy Spirit, the divine person who's in you and with you, he will guide you into all the word of God. Isn't that amazing? See, faith begins where the will of God is known. God wants you to know his will every moment of every day of your life. You can't pray if you don't know the will of God, right? So we need help. And that's why, that's why I love the prayer language that you get as an initial evidence. One of the things, there's so many benefits. But when I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the evidence that I'm filled is that I just I, I pray in another language. And oh, the Bible says when I pray in this other language, it's, it's not the gift of tongues. It's just my prayer language. It's just called tongues. P.C. Nelson said it's, it's called God talk, divine utterance. But it says that I give thanks well. I mean, most a lot of times when I'm worshiping God, I'll be singing, and then the next thing I know, I realize, oh my gosh, I'm not singing in English. I'm, 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 I'm speaking in tongues. Well, I give thanks well that way. Sometimes English just doesn't do it, right? The Bible says, I build myself up on my most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. In, in Romans chapter 8, it tells me that my weakness as a believer, sometimes I don't know how to pray. So I could pray in tongues. What that is, is the Holy Spirit's down in my spirit, giving my spirit this, this perfect prayer according to the will of God in every situation because he knows everything. And then my spirit gives me utterance and I just speak out. And it's wonderful. It's just wonderful. We're going to talk about that as we go on. But I want you to know today that he'll guide you. He wants to lead you down your path into all the truth. For he shall not speak of himself. He never speaks of himself. It says, look at what it says here. But whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak and shall show you things to come. Didn't Jesus say, I only do what I see my father do I only say what I hear my Father say. Holy Spirit's just like Jesus. He never speaks of himself. He always speaks what he hears. Isn't that good? And he's the master at showing you things to come. He'll get you ready for everything you'll ever face in life. If you'll give him place in your life, you won't get shocked at anything. And you'll be ready for everything. Doesn't Ephesians 6, it says this, Having done all to stand, stand. 
You know, most of the time, the reason why we don't stand when we encounter things in this life is because we haven't prepared to stand. The Holy Spirit will help you prepare to stand. It's awesome. It's awesome. So let's keep going with this. It says, He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine and show it unto you. Jesus says, All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore I said, He shall take of mine and shall show it unto you. Always remember this. It is in being and doing the will of God that pleases him. You have to be in the will of God, doing the will of God. That's If you want to live a life that pleases your heavenly father, that you, have to, you have to be there. And the Holy Spirit will always... See, being led by the Spirit, this is the way the Lord put it to me years ago. He said, Tony, being led by my Spirit will always put you in the right place at the right time with the right heart doing the right thing. See, he'll not only get you in the right place, but he'll have you positioned right so that now you'll hear. As we go on with this, we're going to see that there, you know, and I was talking to the college and career a little bit about this Friday night, but there are four things. If you want to walk out your purpose and stay on the path, there's four things that will always work together. You can't separate any of them. The first one is desires. Then there's gifts inside of you. God will give you desires in your heart that are of him. Then there's gifts inside of you. Those desires will always flow in line with the gifts inside of you. And then there's a grace, a special grace upon your life to walk out the gifts, to empower the gifts so you can walk out the desires that he has for you. But that's not even enough. you got to have the fourth one, and that's faith. See, there's a faith that I have to believe God for things in this church because this is what God's called me to do. Like right now, I'm operating in a serving grace that's very specific to minister to the people who have ears to hear who, who are here or who are watching online. So there's a grace, but there's also gifts. If you'll notice, I'm not up here singing. If I was up here singing, you wouldn't be here. Or you'd be here if you really loved me with, with earphones on, or if you wanted to be subtle, maybe earbuds, you know, listening to something else, right? But see, there's, there's, there's faith, there's grace, there's gifts, but all that's not going to help me find my purpose if I don't have desires. The Holy Spirit's going to lead you by the desires of your heart. And you say, well, desire, that sounds kind of weird. Because when we think of desire, we think of stuff that's fleshly and sensual only. But the Latin word desire, D, means of. Sire means the Father. The word desire means it's of the Father. You've never had an evil desire. You've just had something come out of your flesh that's evil. Perverted, twisted, but it's not a desire. It'll seem like a desire, but it's a counterfeit. We're going to see that the Holy Spirit is going to always prompt you. I'll tell you, in church, the Holy Spirit will always prompt you to worship. And the reason why he does is because it's in that place as we delight. That's one way we delight in him. As we're worshiping him, he's able to bring up the desire of our heart, which is tied to our purpose. 
So he, see, as you delight in the Lord, this desire comes up out of your heart and it, it'll, it'll eclipse every plan that you might have, everything you might think you want to do. That desire from God will just explode. But because he's no, he, he will not violate your will, if you ever choose to stop delighting, that desire will just go back down. And all the junk of what you think you want to do and all this other stuff and enemies' counterfeits will just be there. That's the way it works. That's the way. So the Holy Spirit is always going to lead you into rest, into peace. Sometimes he'll lead you into places that sound very noisy and loud, but yet he'll lead you in peace. And in the midst of a storm... He's right there to keep you at peace so that you can say, stay sensitive, so that you make sure that you have the desire coming out and are given to you at the right time. See, we have to stay sensitive so that the desire is there and it'll all come out of the Word of God. Remember, He guides you into all the truth. What is a lamp to your feet and a light to your path? The Word of God. When the Holy Spirit, when you're delighting in Him, when you're delighting in Him is delighting in His Word. So when you're meditating in the Word of God, when you're walking around going, Father, I thank you that by the stripes of Jesus, I'm healed. And all of a sudden, light goes off. Light, the entrance of His Word brings light. So now that light goes off and illuminates your spirit. He leads you by your spirit. And now all of a sudden, you know where you are. So that means, like in relation to healing, you will go, wait a minute, this thing that I'm facing, this lying symptom is exactly that. It has no legal right in my body. The Word of God says I've been redeemed from this. You will know, wow, I don't have to have this. And then it'll be a, a light to your path. It'll show you how to start walking out of sickness into health. Do you see that? How will it do that? Well, Jesus said, I only say what I hear my Father say. The Holy Spirit says, I only say what I hear who? Jesus say. What do we do as believers? Well, I only say what I hear the Holy Spirit say. So instead, when a pain hits my body, and my body is talking to me and saying, you're hurting, you're weak, you need to lay down, I don't look at that. I'm listening for what the Holy Spirit is saying. Because the Holy Spirit will say things like this. It is written, because he's always talking about the word. I'm going to live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. The Holy Spirit, when I get in a situation and I just, I know that there's no way out. I can't, I, have you ever been in life where you have, there's a place where you can't fix it? And all of a sudden, you're sitting there, and, and that circumstance is talking to you. In the same way that the fig tree was talking to Jesus, saying, you're not having breakfast today. Remember that in Mark chapter 11? Circumstances will talk to you. This is why we have to respond to them instantly and accurately according to God's word. So when you see this no way out, all of a sudden, down on the inside of you, it is written, I open doors that no man can shut. It is written, Joshua 1.5, nothing, no man will stand before you and block you from doing my will. 
as I was with Moses, I'll be with you. And man, you're standing there and all of a sudden, see, I'm listening to him. I'm not listening to that. And that is the walk of faith. Do you see that? See, this is why faith is a rest. Because you don't have to figure it out. If you're stressed about what should I do and this and that, you're listening to the wrong voice. You're listening to outside voices. Well, should you, should you go to a doctor? Should you not? Should you take medicine? Should you not? If you're not feeling well, go to a doctor. Right? Unless, unless the Holy Spirit's going, no, I want you to believe me. Follow him. He's not stupid. And, and you know, he's not going to lead you in anything that's wrong. But if he tells you to go to a doctor, you better go. Because he knows where your faith is at. Thank God for doctors. They can keep you alive. Thank God for surgical procedures. Thank God for medicine. All of it. But don't ever put your trust in it. Because every doctor on the planet is practicing. Oh, some of them might think that they're brilliant. Some of them think that they're more brilliant than they really are. That's okay. Man, if I'm dealing with a doctor, I want him to be confident in who he is. But under the context of, you know, doc, you might not know God, but if you're dealing with me, the God of heaven is going to be moving your hand. And his presence will be there. Whether you believe it or not, he's there because I'm there. Right? So when they roll you into that, that operating room, guess what? That's the kingdom of God, the presence of God. There's no lack. There's healing, all this. So God will meet you where you are. But don't stay where you are. Get to the point to where you're believing his word. But see, who, how, how do you get there? The Holy Spirit will get you there. Right? You know, a bunch of people think that we preach that we could just command God to do a miracle based on our will. And do you know we can't do anything based on our will? We have to find the will of God. We have to know his will to be led by his spirit because the Holy Spirit only leads us by the word. So let's go to Ephesians chapter 5, verse 17. I want to show you that. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 17. Oh, the Holy Spirit has a great plan for you. Say this with me. I am led by the Holy Spirit. Isn't that good? Man. Hallelujah. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 17. Ephesians 5, 17 says this. It says, wherefore, be ye not unwise. The word is saying, don't be unwise. But understanding what the will of the Lord is. Wow, that does away from that religious statement, you just never know what God's going to do. Right? Well, you just, his ways are higher. You just never know. Well, the Bible says if you, it says for you to not only know it, that word understand literally means to comprehend it. God, God's saying, don't, don't be unwise. I want you to comprehend and understand and know my will for your life in every situation. And here's the cool thing. The one who knows everything is on the inside of you. The minute you got saved, he took up residencies. And, and how long is he going to be there? Forever. Isn't that awesome? This is huge. So now look, let's go back to Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1, look at verse 15. This is Paul talking. Now look at how he is led and how, it, how it's different. 
than many times how we think. Paul is saying, now this letter is written, it's really interesting, it says in verse 1, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, to the saints which be at Ephesus. That's what it says in the King James Version. But in the, in the literal Greek, it says to the saints which are at, and then there's just a blank. At Ephesus is not in the oldest manuscripts. So I, it was like, because this letter was to be transferred everywhere and read at all the churches. This letter is for Faith Family Church. So if you look at, look at what he says in verse 15. Wherefore I also, look at this, after I heard of your faith, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus, and love unto all the saints, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. This, we call this a prayer of supplication. It's a prayer that you pray for believers, you pray it for yourself, it helps you lay hold of the plan of God for your life. Notice, Paul said, I pray this nonstop after I heard that you're walking in faith and walking in love. What do a lot of our prayers? Let me pray for these people that are just out there, they want nothing to do with God, and they're not, they're not in the word, they're not in church. Let me, I'm, we just, I need to focus my prayers on them. Paul didn't think that way. Paul said, after I heard you were walking by faith and walking in love, cease not to pray for you. Now look at what he prayed, though. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, he's praying to God the Father. Isn't that the way Jesus said to pray? In that day you'll ask me nothing, but you'll ask the Father in my name. That the Father of glory may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. In what? In the knowledge of him. Paul is saying, I'm praying that God the Father would give these believers that are walking in faith and walking in love the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, in the knowledge of God. See, you know, the, the Bible, see, God, have, you, have you noticed when you wake up or when you're going throughout your day, all of a sudden something doesn't grab you and sit you in a chair and bring your Bible in front of you and open it up and go, get in the word right now. <laughs> Did you notice today you didn't have to come here? Right? You, you, you could have not come here. God wouldn't have yelled at you. He wouldn't, he wouldn't have thrown you in the car and drove you here. You have to decide to pursue him to know him. This is why Paul is saying, I'm praying this prayer for those that are walking by faith. You can't walk by faith if you're not in the word. These are people that are gaining knowledge of God. Now Paul is telling them, I want, I see, I always, I'm always prompted to pray that God the Father would give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him so that you would know three things, three things. Number one, look at this. Well, it says in verse 18, let me just read this. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened. This is when God gives you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. Who is him? It's Jesus. Who is Jesus? The word of God. You could instantly, you could very much read this. 
that God the Father would grant unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of the word of God, which is God's will for your life is found in the word. Right? And it says here, when that happens, the eyes of your understanding, this means the eyes of your spirit being enlightened. It's a Greek word, it means flooded with light. Why? Because now the Holy Spirit's opened up the word and the entrance of his word gives light on the inside of you. So now your spirit is enlightened that you may know. When you gain revelation knowledge of the word of God, now you know. Until then, you're only mentally assenting to things. God wants you to know what his will is. Or another way to say that is God wants you to know what his word is. You don't have to go to Bible school to know his word. As a matter of fact, go to Bible school and you're not supposed to. That's a wonderful thing. That'll derail you for sometimes forever. Right? But if you're not called there, guess what? The blessing of God is wherever else you're supposed to be. So what am I, why am I, I'm teasing on Bible school, but it's anything in life. Go to work at the wrong place. Right? Date the wrong person. Marry the person that maybe is not the right one. Guess what? Because the minute you stand before God and say, I do, they just became God's will for your life, and he's going to have to work overtime probably to help you in that because you guys are going to have to deal with some stuff. Thank God he's merciful. Amen? But here's what I'm saying. You don't have to walk around that mountain. You can do it right the first time. But it it says here, the eyes of your understanding being being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling. The first thing God wants you to know is, it says the hope of his calling. What is hope? Is it past tense, present tense, or future tense? It's future. Hope is always future. He wants you to know that you have a future, that God has a plan for you to go from this point forward. He wants you to know his plan for your life. The second thing it it lists here, it says not only that you'll know that, but that you'll know what is the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. So he wants you to know what you've been given in Christ. He also, then it goes on to say, he wants you to know what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe. He wants you to know. See, Satan doesn't care if I do a 25-week series on the power of God as long as I never talk about the power of God to usward. Does that make sense? Oh, he wants Alicia to know everything, right, about the power of God, but he doesn't want you to know anything about the power of God to you as you believe. You need to know, man, if you're believing God for something right now, the very power of God is energizing to bring that to pass. He wants you to know those three things. You have to know them. This is the walk of faith. What is your job? Just to be willing and obedient. To listen to your coach. He's your strength coach. He'll stand by you. He's standing. Like right now, he's standing by me. And and he's watching me. And if I ever start to kind of move in a wrong direction, all of a sudden, he'll just start prompting me. Hey, I'm here. If I'm going through life, he stands by me all the time. And if I ever get in a situation where I'm a one and I need to be a hundred, I count it all joy because he'll just be a 99. If I'm a 99, he'll be a one. He does everything with me. 
Oh, but, but he provides all the strength, all the wisdom, all everything. He guides me. Isn't that good news? He guides us into all the truth. Look at, look at what it says in John chapter 8. Go over to John chapter 8. It's so awesome. In verse 31, it tells us some things. Jesus uh, is talking to those that while he was on the earth believed in him. Now they were not born again yet, but he gives us a great principle. In John 8, 31, it says, Then Jesus said to those Jews which believed on him, and he said this, If... Notice it's always up to us. If you continue in my word, that means if you remain and you abide and you endure in my word, if you never let go of it, what does it say? Then you are my disciples indeed. And you'll know the truth or you'll know if you continue in my word, then you'll know my word and my word will make you free. Jump down to verse 36. Whoever the Son makes free is free. So has Jesus made you free? So if this is true, then are you free right now? Now, it doesn't say if you feel free. It doesn't even say if it looks like you're free. It says... If Jesus has made you free. So, so how do you get made free? Are you born again? Then you're free. Greater is he that's in me that's in the world. I overcome them because greater is he that's in me. The greatest revelation you'll walk in is that the God of heaven loves you with an everlasting, unchanging love unwaning love that's not based on anything that we do. He chose to love us and that he'll never leave us or forsake us and that he's bigger than anything we'll ever face. It's never too late. Nothing's ever too great. Isn't that good news? We see stories that, that show us in the ministry of Jesus, which is literally he's giving us the will of God and everything. We see stories where people were at the end of their life, full of leprosy, ready to die, a hopeless situation, and God changed it like that. We even see one young lady that actually was past the end of her life on this earth and even was dead. And it still wasn't too late. Why? Because God, according to Romans 4, is the God that quickens the dead. He, have you ever killed anything by doing stupid stuff in your life? God says, I'm the God who will bring that back to life. And I call things that be not as though they are. And I want you to talk like me. That's the language of faith. So if you feel like a failure, what do you do? Father, I thank you. I'm successful. I thank you that everything I put my hand to prospers. If I, if I don't seem to, you know, I'm, I'm living in my mind, I'm trying to figure out, I feel so confused, how do I get out of that? I walk around saying what the Word says. Father, I thank you that I know your voice. I know the voice of my shepherd. Jesus, I know your voice, another voice I'll never follow. I thank you that I'm born of God, therefore I'm led by the Spirit of God. You bear witness with my spirit that I'm your child. That your word is a light to my feet, a lamp to my feet, a light to my path. 
all this, everything, the blessing of God just overtakes me all the days of my life. Surely, goodness and mercy. You, you get in where you feel like, man, I'm not bearing any fruit in my life. And then all of a sudden, how do you bear fruit? I challenge all of you. Don't worry about it. When we fill these seats up, we'll just have another service. But if you start waking up every day and just start thanking God, Father, I'm available. I thank you. And I ask that by the Holy Spirit that you'd help me yield all of my fruit in my season. You'll see incredible things. You'll be minding your business. And God will give you a word of knowledge that will read somebody's mail to where they get saved. I mean, this is witnessing. Don't, don't try to do it on your own to where you're all freaked out. Oh, gosh, what do I say? What was that evangelism explosion? How do I lead this? Right? No, no, no. Just let God reach out of you. You'll yield all of your fruit in your season. But it says here, and you'll know the truth. This word know is the Greek word genosko. You'll not only perceive the truth, but you'll understand it, which means you'll understand what to do. The Holy Spirit will always lead you in line with doing something. Always. Always. So now let's jump over to Proverbs chapter 20. I mentioned it, but let's go here and let's just look at it really quick. Proverbs chapter 20, verse 27. It says, the spirit of man, your spirit, is the lamp. In the King James, it says candle. You could translate it lamp. Is the candle of the Lord searching all the inward parts of the belly. In other words, God uses your spirit to guide you. Now, this is a note that the Lord gave me years and years ago. It's in my Bible. Your spirit is where the light of God's revelation come to you. God's higher ways and thoughts reside in the deep wells of your spirit. And those thoughts must be drawn out so understanding and wisdom can rise out of your spirit and overcome the natural knowledge, the natural circumstances that are trying to influence you. Let me say, you want me to say that again? This is really how it works. Your spirit is where the light of God's revelation come to you. God's higher ways and thoughts reside down deep in, the, deep in your spirit. And you must draw, see, you must draw those out, those higher ways and, th and thoughts of God. You must draw those out so that understanding and wisdom can rise from your spirit and overcome these natural influences that are coming against your mind. This is how you walk in the spirit. This is how you walk by faith. This is where you stand and go, I'm not moved by what I feel, and I'm not moved by what I see. I am moved only by what I believe in God's word. And the Holy Spirit is my guide. He is the one that lights my spirit. See, my spirit is a lamp. The word is full of light. And the word, the light that comes out of the word, which is revelation knowledge, will light your spirit. This is why 
Jesus said, don't put your light under a bushel. See, you and I are supposed to walk in constant revelation of God's word. We're supposed to walk this way constantly. Does that make sense? So this is how we're a light in the world. This is why we know exactly what to say to every person in every situation. No matter who they are. And and here's the thing. Sometimes you'll be the nicest. God will have you say something to somebody and they'll look at you like you're an idiot. But just walk away from that. Tell them to have a nice day. And walk away knowing this. As they're sitting there going, oh, one of those freaky Christians. Then you leave and you're just having a great day and they're at work. And what you said keeps going over and over. And then they go home. And it's still, they're thinking about it. Then they finally block it out. And then the next afternoon, there it is again. And again. I still remember years ago, I would take a middle school, junior high ministry, we called it junior high then. I would take them street witnessing every Friday night. It took me three, four months to get anybody to even go. And, uh, but it got to the point where we had tons of middle schoolers that would go. And we'd go down to Laguna Beach and we'd witness, you know, and, and it was really cool. Laguna Beach has these two half-court basketball uh, things, and a lot of some pro players, college players would come. This is in the 80s, uh, so I'm dating myself here. And so I'm just sitting at a bench kind of watching, because we had so many, we had all these helpers helping us. And uh, all of a sudden, this little seventh-grade girl in, in our middle school group comes up to me, and she's walking with a college guy who's about 6'11", Right? And uh, I think he played basketball for UC Irvine or something. And he's over there playing. And she walked up to him, right? I mean, this is all these athletes. And she gave him a track. And he was so taken by it. So she goes, oh, Mr. Tony, she goes, um, he, he wants to receive Jesus? And I, I don't know how to do that. You just told me to give people tracks. So could, you know, and, I'm, and I look and, I, and I'm sitting there and I'm like, Okay, you know, and I'm thinking to myself, this guy in, his, in front of all of his peers walks away and he has tears in his eyes. And he's standing there. I can still remember it. He has tears in his eyes and he's going, everybody has been witnessing to me and telling me about how much God loves me and how I need to give my heart. I've been running for about the last year. And then all of a sudden, this little girl comes up to me and I'm thinking, I could tell she's kind of freaked out. You know, and, and, and I can't believe it. And you know, his friends laughed at him. And I'm like, and he goes, I, I need to receive Christ. And I said, well, do you want to kind of go off some other place? No. Don't worry about them. They're, they had friends over there. Probably played with them, you know. Uh, and uh, they're laughing. They're kind of laughing. And, and so he goes, no, nope, right here. So right on the boardwalk, people walking by, he's like, I need Christ. So I'm like, okay, repeat after me. And he's 6'11". So, you know, naturally, if you've ever been somewhere where you, if you go to a restaurant and you see somebody 6'11", or you go to the mall and you see somebody 6'11", they're, they're huge. So everybody, you know, people are walking by going. And then when they know I'm praying, you know, I'm standing there with my hand on them. This little girl standing next to him with her hand on him. It was hilarious. And, and, you know, you can just see people. And he's just, tears are coming down. His eyes are closed. 
You know, I mean, it's just awesome. What is that? See, guys, the Holy Spirit orchestrated that. That little girl didn't orchestrate that. The reason why I'm saying this, guys, is the God of heaven has a plan for your life. You have no ability within yourself to see that plan because it's too glorious. But if you'll get over yourself, like I had to, I still have to, I'm constantly getting over myself. That's my goal. Today I'm going to get over myself, right? But if you just allow the Holy Spirit, invite him into your life, he will walk you through this plan. And you'll yield all your fruit. You'll always be in the right place at the right time. Now I can tell you this, you'll encounter some, some big battles in your life. They'll look big. They'll feel big. They'll feel like they can take you out. But you'll look at them and smile and you'll be like, I should be really freaked out right now, but I'm at total peace because you're walking in a revelation that the God of heaven is with me. He's already won the battle and the victory's mine. So this thing I'm facing, you smile and go, it has, it ha that mountain has to move. If I, have, if I have to go back here and there's no way, I don't see any way, I know that God will part this and make a way where there's no way. And all of a sudden, you start, he changes, he renews your mind, the word will renew your mind and change your whole paradigm to where all of a sudden, what would normally take you three years to do, you do in one year. And then what would normally take you five years to do, you do in six months. And then all of a sudden, something that in the natural should take you 25 years to do, you did in one month. But oh, wait a minute, not you. But look at what it says in verse 23, Proverbs 4.23. It says, keep your heart with all diligence... For out of your heart, do what? Flow the issues of your life. In the Hebrew language, that word means boundaries. So this is what the Holy Spirit, see, he's only able to move in your life. He's only, it's not a matter of what God can do. It's a matter of what you can believe. So what he's wanting you to do is to take the word. If you read those verse 20 through 22, it tells you how to take the word so that now you could expand your boundaries. So what you were believing God for here, now, six months from now, it's here. Pretty soon, you're walking around going, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And I realize, I've come to realize that every mistake I've ever made in life no longer is an issue in my life. And that everything I lost because of those mistakes. Proverbs 11.31 says that the righteous will be recompensed in the earth. They'll, I'll be repaid. The enemy's got to bring back everything he stole from me. And pretty soon, and so now it doesn't happen automatically, but you learn, okay God, you learn. See, see, this is what happens in the world system. Well, I'm this age, and I have this experience, and all of a sudden I find myself, I need to make this much money, and I can't find a job that would, I mean, it just, that just doesn't happen. And, and, and that circumstance will talk to you. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? And the answer is real simple. 
I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to walk by faith. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep delighting in the Lord. And the Holy Spirit's going to lead me into victory. Because if I need this much money, and the world says with my talents and abilities I should be able to make this, I know this. When you add God into the equation, there's no way I'll make this much money. It'll always be more. Always. So you got to expand your boundaries. Where I see it is down on the inside of me. The word of God will build a picture of me having, being, and doing what his word says. So don't get freaked out if you don't see your answer today. It's already, it's there. Oh, it's more real. What your, the provision you need is more real. The health you need is more real. The restoration of your family and your life and your loved ones, all of it's real. It's there. The God of heaven does not know how to fa fail and the Holy Spirit will lead you into all of it. Amen?